0: This is the 315 Podcast. My name is Keith, Chris alongside, and welcome to this ministry of Jackson First Baptist Church as we are committed to biblical accuracy of the Word of God helping to answer the questions of our day. Chris, I'm truly, truly humbled and excited about the opportunity today and that we're going to hear uh, your your testimony. And, and it's just a joy, isn't it, to be able to have a testimony?
1: Yes, it is. And, and oftentimes when we think of, uh, testimony, we think of it. Well, I gotta jump through these hoops or make something elaborate. I'm just star- uh, sharing about the work of God. Amen. And and that that's
0: really what the testimony is: me giving an account of God's work in my life. And that's exactly our theme verse for this whole whole podcast: is First Peter three fifteen, giving a reason for the hope that's within us. And and folks, you, as you listen today, we we hope that you don't gain just an understanding of who we are. But as Chris just said, an understanding of who God is, and of the greatness of of what God can do in your, our lives together. Chris, as I get the opportunity to interview you first, I, folks can't see this because that's is a podcast. You got your Notre Dame shirt on, which should say to us that that yours have to be from a heathen land.
1: Yeah, I'm from uh, Indiana, so <laughs> I don't know if it's heathen, but it's in the Midwest, and uh, I uh, grew up um, in Indiana. Uh, my family was um from there we i was born uh in indianapolis downtown uh indiana and and we grew up on the just the outskirts of of that city and um
0: yeah so it's a it's a beautiful place indiana is i'm from kentucky and when i hear midwest i don't think of that being midwest even though actually it really is now what we're going to do today guys as you and gals as you listen we're going to we're going to follow a model we're going to talk about Chris's life uh before he had a life-changing experience his life-changing experience and what's happened after his life-changing experience and so 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 Chris you grew up in, in the Midwest in Indiana and uh we know that Jesus Christ is the only way of salvation to be to be right with God and so you were not exposed to that at the beginning were you I was not uh growing
1: up in and that time, um, my mom uh, was 16 when she had me, and my dad uh, was in his 20s. And um, and so it, w- it was kind of like I was birthed into a little bit of dysfunction with that. And not just, um, you know, as we share my story, some of it may come across as um, that I'm putting my family down. And, and, and that is never the case in that because God's done amazing work
0: Amen.
1: in their life as well. Uh, but at the beginning, it was a little bit hard um, t- to process as a younger kid um, as you come into something that's that dysfunctional. So really, the people that played a, a really significant role wasn't just the parents, but the grandparents as well, um, and aunts and cousins. What what decade were you born in? <laughs> 80s, technically. Okay. Uh, so I I just made it in. Uh, so I, I guess I get to claim that because it was 89, um, and, and so uh, although... I I guess I'm a wild 90s child (laughs) at that heart, Uh, but we did. We grew up in Indiana, and and there wasn't um, in any really part of my family um, anyone that went to church that talked about religion that it was in the forefront of any of their minds. So as a collection of both uh, the Riverside, which is my dad's side of the family, and the Burnell, which is my mom's side of the family, it it was lost, and there was a disconnect there
0: when when we say lost we're saying there's no connection to Christ yeah uh, there's no spiritual life and in other podcasts we've talked about that so you you had that that heritage of just living life apart from God yeah Romans calls that uh living in unrighteousness and ungodliness and we all 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 begin there and so your mom had you young mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about uh, your, how your mom arrived at being married so young and having a child so young yeah, I, I think
1: for her, um, my mom's a, a really headstrong individual. Um, I think it's where I get some of my stubbornness at times with I've heard of it. Um but but she uh she had to learn how to be um an adult uh, rapidly. It wasn't something that um, you know, she had time to build into and uh didn't get to finish high school, um and so no furtherment of her education there. Um and and then immediately it was just, I have to take care of this kid, and uh, fortunately she chose to do so, because uh, even at that time, um, you know, with her uh, having me so young, there was still that press on, well, why don't you just do adoption, or have an abortion, uh, but my mom just had a passion that if I've, I have this child, then I have responsibility in that, so she took full responsibility um for that and i'm grateful she did
0: well you know that which reminds us of this there's a little bit of good in everyone mm-hmm. uh, uh the bible talks about that we retain some of the image of god and so i, I, I want to say that because praise be unto the god that your your mom cared enough yeah to to birth you and to try and mm-hmm. that's that's a big thing so so your, your mom and dad were married what, what did your dad do for a living he does construction okay. um he uh, does drywall acoustical ceilings
1: both commercially and and privately um, and so if you if you ever drive he 's one of those proud construction workers too, so if you ever drive like through downtown Indianapolis or they live in Jacksonville now he can point out buildings and say oh i 've done this and that building and this and that building and this and and there 's just kind of this joy that comes about him but
0: he 's done that now for uh at least thirty years. Wow. T- tell me tell me about those those young years I know you can't remember many things from when you're one or two I'm not asking that but give us a couple examples of of, of your life as a kid
1: yeah it was uh in in when we lived in Indiana it was more of a, a free flowing <laughs> experience at, at times um uh because um when you're under the age of 10 you know not everything makes full sense so it whatever's going around as the natural is like what you accept as normal um, at times. Um, And so most of our experiences um, are joyful in in the mindset of I knew my parents cared about me. Um, But the things that I really enjoyed doing uh, was when I got to spend the weekends at my grandparents. Um, Because what that meant is every Friday night we were going to uh, blockbuster or the movie gallery, we were going to pick out our movie um, and our popcorn, and we were going to watch whatever movie um, we had. And then Saturday morning, we got up and we'd go garage selling and and go to the park and and enjoy times like that. So, uh, from an extended family standpoint, when we lived in Indiana, we were close um, and and cared for um, in that, and so it, it was nice. But but as I got a little bit older, the dysfunctional also became more uh, prevalent where I, I was starting to understand, like, this isn't right or what's going on right now is, is causing hurt or pain.
0: Explain a, a little bit for our our listeners' dysfunction and maybe an exa- if you're able to share an example of what you notice at a young age.
1: Yeah, and so this was kind of a pivotal time, um, <clears throat> and it was around the age... Of nine um where my parents actually got um divorced um and it was due to an affair um that that caused it um now at the time in the home, it was me uh my sister and, and my mom and and then not my dad anymore he moved back in with my grandparents and and in that time uh we were split between one home and the other. Uh, and And so there would be days where it was like well i just I just want to be with dad and and uh part of the not understanding everything going on is uh when you have the this function of a broken relationship uh, as kids, we tend to just pick a side on on what benefits us most in that time, uh which for me was my dad i I loved him and and I didn't blame him for the situation, even though I don't know what caused it fully in that time. And, uh, and so for me, uh, that dysfunction was, well, now I have two Christmases, two birthdays. Um, I'm split most of my time. And, and that was, that was pretty tough because, uh, as much as I loved my dad, I, I just hated not being able to see him or, or, or be with him. And, and that, that really weighed heavy uh, for that time period. Um, and, and my parents had an on-again, off-again uh, season where even after their divorce, um, they got back together for a period of time. And, and again, we think everything's good. Um, they were just, I guess, apparently dating again. But to kids, it was like, well, now I have mom and dad in the home. And then it happened again. Um, and the second time it happened is really the, the turning point um, for uh, our family's, you know, direction, and then also uh, played a significant role in my life as well.
0: Did Did you during those days, before, and I'll come back to that pivotal yeah. change moment. Did you during those young days pray, consider that there is somebody to pray to, or, or just you try to make it on your own? Um, I,
1: you know, when you watch sitcoms or. Uh, you know you you get a little bit of glimpse of you know God mentioned but but you don 't necessarily have a reality of who he is and and I remember the the earliest memory i ever ha- memory I have of of me trying to communicate to God was I had a game system um, and it was uh, nintendo sixty four and you know you had the little cartridge that had the game, and sometimes it worked sometimes it didn 't but you 'd have to blow on it and then mm-hmm. you put it in and you 'd start it and I remember being a young kid, like God, I don't, I don't know if you're real or not, but I really would like to play this game. So if you could get this to work, that'd be awesome. <laughs> and then sometimes it worked. i be like, oh man, praise God. Uh, but as far as far as that, no, we we had no um, church affiliation, no VBSs, backyard Bible clubs, um, none of the traditional sense that that a lot get the opportunity
0: to experience. But now post life changing experience you see even then how God was working, mm-hmm. bringing you to the place that you would recognize that He was seeking after you yeah there comes this moment with you in your relationship, your mom and dad on and off again, and then all of a sudden the big thing happens
1: yeah, and so uh, I remember I remember it like it was yesterday I was um out in the the field uh, with my friends, we lived in a a duplex neighborhood, so Uh, All the duplexes were on the outside, and they had a big field in the middle where the kids could play. And I was shooting um, uh, a little handgun, BB gun with a friend and uh, probably should have been supervised, but that was back in the good old days, I guess. When you could shoot your eye out. (laughs) Yeah, you could shoot your eye out. Uh, But I remember my dad came home from work early, and he never came home from work early. One of the best attributes my dad's ever had, um, and instilling in us is a hard work ethic, and and he'll work sixty, eighty hours a week um, to provide, and he's always provided. Uh, but he came home, and what I didn't realize was on the inside of the home, uh, my mom was having another affair, mm. and and this one, this one uh, was hard uh, because uh, it had just felt like we were back to normal, and then it was separation again, and so he left. Um, again and and this time, um, my mom had become uh, pregnant with my little brother uh, and and shortly into that pregnancy, about month four or five um, she, her and the guy that she was with um, gotten an altercation it was It was a weekend when we were at my dad 's house um, and and I remember him getting the phone call and and taking us to grandma 's and and dropping us off, and he didn't say anything, but what we didn't realize is that in that altercation, my mom was beat, uh, beat up really bad. Um, it, was, it was to the point where she had a couple broken ribs, and, and um, we didn't know what was going on. Uh, my dad shielded us from that, but he did something that, that became transforming. Uh, when he was in that uh, hospital room with her, he stayed with her until she was able to come out. Um, And not only did he stay with her, um, they got back together. And uh, when she eventually had my brother, um, he signed the birth certificate knowing that wasn't his son. Um, And they stayed together. And and within a year of them being back together, and and my brother was one at the time, uh, they made the decision, we're going to leave this dysfunction that we have now um, to pursue a life down in Florida um, and they they didn't fully know what it meant other than he was going to do construction work and there's in construction in in Indiana there's an off season there's like a mm-hmm. a month or two where you just can't work because it's too cold um, right. but in Florida there's no such thing as an off season and Jacksonville is always growing, and so we we transition from there um, to Jacksonville, and I remember. At that time, thinking, like, I get to go to Florida. You know, I get to wear shorts all the time. I'm, you know, I'm excited for this, uh, but still no full connection to God. But what I didn't realize is that pivotal moment was God was showing me a deeper love Mm -hmm. that I I didn't fully comprehend yet, uh, but would have an impact later.
0: Well, which folks, as you listen, this should tell you this, God wastes nothing. Yeah. And that God, even in our dysfunction, is working and using our lives. Uh, the Romans eight twenty eight: all things work together for good. Those love him, called according to his purpose. And as every, every time I hear your story, and I've heard it several times, and it gets better each time, not that you change <laughs> it. It's just that it reminds me of the depths of God's love that in our dysfunction he sent Jesus for us who signed his name yeah. on our adoption certificate. First John 2, 1 and 2. So that we could be safe. So, your parents still not believers at that point, am I correct? Correct. Yeah. So, so you what? What's your age when you moved to Jacksonville?
1: Um, I was in the sixth grade, so I would have had to been around twelve. Yeah, you would <laughs> yeah, have. You'd had, had to, to be somewhere right. Um, and so, yeah, it was. It was. It was at that time. Uh, we moved on my birthday, so you know, happy birthday to me uh, for that. But, uh, but we did, uh, and and it was about a year and a half um, while we were there. Uh, before uh, we were even invited to church. Um, And it was uh, shortly after 9-11 happened, which kind of alters people um, in that. And and so our realtor um, started inviting my parents to church. Um, Every time my mom went in to pay rent, he was saying, when are you guys going to come with me? Um, and, and just over and over and over again. And, and I'm thankful for his persistence. And eventually my mom's like, all right, we'll give it a shot, you know? And, and they, uh, went to church for the first time that I can ever recall, um, to Westside Baptist church in Jacksonville, Florida. And the very first Sunday that my mom and dad were in the service, my mom got saved. Um, and, and it was like a, a radical change. It wasn't. Just uh, saying the prayer that the preacher asked or going through any motion. No, it was a radical, a radical change. It was, it was she was like, I, I don't know what this is going to look like, but I, I know this is who I want. Um, and, and, and in that time, um, as I was still processing um, some of the hurt that I had, uh, some of the anger I had um, because of the dysfunction that we had going on. Um, you know, in that time my dad rededicated um and, and, and got saved as well in that time period, uh, within the first month or two of us being um in church. But for me it took a little bit longer because as I was processing, I was like, Well, is this real? Um, is this is this going to last? Is this just another one of those things where we put on and then take off? Um, similar to how their relationship had been. Um and and, and I was I was just kind of flustered. Mm-hmm. Um, in that time, as I searched, um, but it, it it took me uh, us going uh, a year and a half before it finally clicked, um, and before it finally clicked, and I realized um, I was sitting in a sermon that we had an evangelist that, um, and he was uh, walking us through the difference between a wheat and a tear, and um, but in that moment, as he's going through, and I was like, you know sure you know i'm going through this i mean we were cared for i had a good youth pastor in that time but but i didn't have a relationship with jesus but as the invitation drew near um he brought out the concept of of god's love for us and and i'm and as you and i are talking now and and we have conversations with people all the time it was in those like in that moment where uh i just started replaying a little bit about what I'd been through. Mm-hmm. And what I realized is that God was showing his love to, towards me. He was displaying it through my lost father at that time. Uh, the way that my dad came back and cared for my mother, the way that he did uh, become the father to my brother, um, and in the way that he he did was a display of love above himself. And it was in that moment that I realized that God was a loving God and uh and then i I got saved. i got saved on november uh twenty first two thousand four yeah so i was i was in uh ninth grade at that time just just started high school and sure. it was it was good it was it was
0: definitely a um an awakening moment for me and folks as you listen listen to this this podcast, you may be asking the question what does it mean to be saved and we'll share more about that as we go along in the podcast but Chris there's just something radically amazing when when Christ who came and gave his life on the cross was buried and rose again when that that cross power comes to work yeah inside of you that you saw it change your mom yeah you saw it change your dad and then you began seeing the changes that that takes place in your life and and is that consistent with everybody
1: I think those who are genuine in their faith, it is consistent with everyone. Because I believe if you encounter God um, in that way, you don't leave the same person. Now, we still have hiccups along the way, sure. Um, but, like, for us, one of our routines used to be where uh, on Sunday nights we'd watch The Simpsons because the new episode dropped. We no longer watch that. Um, we, uh, our speech started to change, um, what we were listening to on the radio started to change, um, and, and just the outlook on life started to change because now we had a life that made sense um, and, and it, was, it, was, it was a radical shift because even the friend groups that I had in high school or started high school and throughout middle school um, that that changed us, you know over time because my passions changed as, as God was changing
0: my heart. Did you did you lose that fear that mom and dad may divorce again? Um I I know being saved, forgiving your mom. Yeah. Those I think those things are important to talk about.
1: Yeah. I I didn't have that fear um because after I'd got saved, um my mom and dad had gone through some counseling and 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 they uh, remarried. And so that was like an extra security thing. Cause they realized that in that state of them not being married, but staying together, even though they had been married before that they weren't doing it in the eyes that, that God would have for them. And, and so that was just a, another commitment that I saw that I was like, okay, this is authentic faith. It's not, you know, them just doing to do something. It's, this is real. And this has been transformative, uh, for them. Um, and so yeah i i I definitely saw that that that, that removed uh for me it, it was difficult um because the scars of a child and and some and it's not to justify it, but you know sometimes we uh will hold on to things longer than we should um or internalize them longer than we should, and one of the things I internalized for a while was just disconnect to my mom because I still blamed her for the dysfunction um, of of my upbringing. So much so that uh, there'd be at times where I'd I'd tell her, you know, I hate you. Um, I can't believe you're doing this to us. Um, and in knowing I was wrong because I was blaming the sin and holding her t- accountable for something she was already forgiven of. And it w- it, it took uh, me coming to realize that that. That's not healthy to hold on to anymore. That's not something that, uh, that I need to do um, or, or anything that I need to um, carry. Um, and, and so I, I sought forgiveness from the Lord, um, and then I sought forgiveness from my mom. And it, it radically changed our relationship when we had that conversation. Tough conversation um, because it brought up a lot of the pain of the past. Uh, But it it switched her from being an enemy to one of the closest people I had um, and and still have today where I get a call and we chat and and catch up. And and she's a high, high, high encourager um, in my walk with God and in my calling as well.
0: And, folks, I hope you hear that when God redeems a situation, he redeems everybody involved. But as you said, it's it's a journey. Mm -hmm. It's not happens all at once. And, and so, so as we transition, you you're coming up now. If and I know your age, uh, you have as many years in Christ as now you had without Christ. Yeah. Uh, w- what would you say in a two or three minute? Th- th- this is my life after Christ.
1: Yeah, I, my life after Christ. It, it came with a a commitment where I was going to be accountable, um, but also I just wanted to make sure that I was growing in that faith or the foundation that he had set in and um, in, in not settling in that. And so uh, what ended up increasing was my Bible intake, my prayer time, church um, participation, and not just coming to church but plugging into church and serving. Uh, it, it grew into a deep passion um, so that that when he would eventually call me into ministry, um, I was set for that. It wasn't something where I was like, well, I have this path that I was going to go or or this thing, or that doesn't really sound like, you know, me. Um, no, the passion was so much there because of the work that he had been doing in that. And so, yeah, I, where I am in life today was only because of a unique calling that God gave me.
0: And, and folks, God gives us all that calling. Uh, we may not know it at the beginning. Some people know that call in the yeah. beginning. But the Bible is is this, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And I'm so glad that God opened your eyes through through this function and saw the need of the Savior through your parents. He saved you. And, folks, that's what he came to do. Hmm. So no matter what your background is, I I love when people say it like this, it's not where I started, it's where I am now and where I'm going that counts. And Jesus, Jesus says, if we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us. Use this life, not uh, forgives our sin and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. You know, and so that that's that's your story, and what a wonderful story! And the best part is, it, it still continues. Yes, He's still writing that story mm-hmm. uh, of your of your life. What what, w- what would you say to someone now that that says, "Man, I, I just there's just too much junk in my life. God can't use me."
1: I'd say. Um, I'd say that coming from someone who was stuck in a generational pattern of lostness, there is no dysfunction he can't pull you from. There is no pain that you've endured that he can't heal you from. And there's no love that's greater than the love that he extends to you. And he's worth it. He's worth it.
0: Amen, and and knowing your story too, that doesn't mean that after you come to Christ, that life's perfect. No. What do you say to the one who, like yourself, at fifteen, sixteen, fourteen, twelve, prayed to receive Christ, went through high school, then got in the college years, and as I hate to use the word slipped away, but it's it's what comes to my mind. They've they've fallen into something that they shouldn't. Uh, is it over, or does, does God can God recover that?
1: no i mean we just quoted the verse that that yields itself to that that god um is still there drawing his his saints back to him um and so uh i i would say um you're never too far gone as long as you have breath he still wants you um in in your lungs and and so draw near back to him and say you know i repent or i'm turning away from that life God, I'm sorry for what I've made of myself. It's like the, the prodigal son um, where, you know, sometimes we get stuck in in the pig pen and the father's there with open arms ready to receive us again. And, and just realizing that regardless of the burden that you've done now, this isn't an encouragement to go out and sin right. and, and 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 go, you know, be with the, in the pig pen. No, this is an encouragement that you can come out of it because of the great love that God has for you.
0: And those of you that are looking what was the pig pen story in the Bible, it's the Gospel of Luke in chapter 15, the Gospel of Luke chapter 15, you can reach out to us on this podcast, we'd be happy to tell you more what that looks like as well. Chris, what a a wonderful story. Uh, My story is just the opposite uh, in the fact that I got saved young, and much of my story It's what Christ has done after. And we'll talk more about that on the next podcast that we have together. Uh, But I think it's so important, whether it's your story, whether it's my story, that people realize is that it's really God's story at work in us. Amen. One of my favorite verses in all the Bible is Ephesians 2 and 10. After Paul comes through is saying that we're saved by grace through faith, that it's not of ourselves the gift of God, not of works, lest any man shall boast. And then he says this, for we are his workmanship. Your dad working with his hands understands that. My dad uh, understands that from working with his hands. We are his workmanship created in God for good works. Uh, Chuck Swindoll said it this way, we become God's masterpiece. When I look at your life, when I look at another believer's life, I, I see God's masterpiece. He he, crea- he created you good in Adam, and Adam rebelled against God. And so when when you you were born to your mother now watch this she wasn't saved knew nothing about god wasn't pursuing god 16 years of age and god said in indiana i'm going to birth a little boy in the womb of a mother and he's going to be my workmanship Mm. and i'm going to do i'm going to do such a work in him that it's going to become a masterpiece And, and and what does that mean to you um I know it's overwhelming. Yeah, but what I was going to
1: say it's it's a deep comfort. Um, it's a joyous one, um, knowing that that um, I have purpose and and I don't have to question whether or not God cares. I know He cares. Amen. And, and I'm grateful.
0: And then, folks, how God works—the masterwork included—your mom, your dad, your sister your stepbrother who you don't even consider a stepbrother. No. He, he's your brother. And then to give you Catherine. And, and folks, this, this when I get to tell the story what God's done in my life, it's the after thing that he did yeah. that makes the moment so great is that you now you have your own son. Mm-hmm. But he came into the world with the masterpiece already at work. Yeah. And isn't that the joy that you're establishing a new pattern? Yeah, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm grateful when we pass the church and Josiah goes, we stop him, we stop him. And he's like persistent that he wants to be there. Um, it, it takes me away because I, I remember where I was and where I am now. And I have a little boy that wants to be in the house of the Lord. I have a little boy that we get down when we do bedtime and pray uh, together and he doesn't fully understand, but. You know, whether we're praying for dinosaurs or for goldfish, he's communicating to God, and we're setting that pattern in. So he gets to have an interaction with God that um, I dreamed I could have had, but I'm grateful for my story that he gets to have. Um, And so, yeah.
0: Well, and even part of that masterpiece, you're going to make sure he has what you didn't. Yeah. So it's just like I read this morning when Joseph from the book of Genesis when his dad died, Jacob, whose name changed to Israel, the brothers came to him who had sold Joseph into slavery, and they lied. They they said, "Dad said that when he dies, that you you were to forgive us for what we did to you." Now I, I assume they lie because it says nowhere in scripture that he said that that the dad said that to them. And knowing their dysfunction, but Joseph said this. He said, "Am I? I am not in the place of God," and he said this you intended it for evil but God meant it for good and isn't it a wonderful thing that in the gospel that God God takes all this mess yeah and then he, and he breaks you it makes you into a new family and still yet you to the day you die there'll be things you'll work through uh but he's just such a good God isn't he he is beyond our um imagination and that and
1: and the more you draw closer to him each day the more you come to realize that And I
0: I hope those that are listening today, uh, if you're a child of God, uh, maybe there's somebody in your life that they were extremely dysfunctional and you've always said they were hindrance to you. Uh, You might want to call them today and just say thank you that God used you, whether it was a negative or positive, that God used that so that that you could come to know Jesus Christ. Maybe maybe there's just something you're dealing with that you just can't forgive yourself of. We serve a God who is a forgiving God, who's a God who takes it and turns it around. And so I would encourage you just to cry out to God, God, forgive me, give me peace, become new in my life in Jesus' name. Or or maybe you're like Chris's mom and dad, like Chris, like me, uh, raised without God, but then recently maybe you came across this podcast like, what is this, I'm going to try it. Well, today you you've happened up on... On two guys, you could just see us. We're sitting, <laughs> sitting in chairs with microphones. Uh, I happen to have a Bible sitting in my lap, but we got blue jeans on, T-shirts on. We're just sitting here, ordinary guys that God has done a supernatural work in. That can only happen by Jesus. And if you will ask him to forgive you of your sins and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, that he is God, that he is man, that he lived, he died and rose again, if you'll surrender your life to him, this Jesus will come in to be your Lord, just as he did Chris's and mine. Chris, thank you, thank you today for, for sharing your story, and uh, it gets better every time. Yeah, and, and
1: I'm just grateful for the work of God, in and, and we thank you for listening in with us, and uh, we ask that you would continue to do so. And reminder that you can always send in uh, questions to us, all of our information. Um, is down below um, from where you're listening to on the podcast. Uh, And so we ask that you would share it, encourage someone else as well. Uh, But if you have any questions or want to get in contact with us, please do so. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, we hope that you have a blessed day.